A new one is coming to Showmax this month. It's called Red Ink. It's an eight-parter and it's based on author Angela McCullough's best-selling debut novel. Yes. That, the very same. Um, Kobi Lekomalo is uh, famous, of course, for her role as uh, Lingue in Scandal. She portrays the journalist Lucy Kambule, uh, who is approached, approached by uh, the imprisoned serial killer Napoleon Dingiswayo, named The Butcher, nicknamed The Butcher. He's played by uh, Bonko Koza. Let's take a listen to a clip and then we will uh, welcome Angela and Kobile to the show. Was this year on Flong while she went missing in June 2010? The mother said she was wearing red and white Zulu beads. Kaya, hang the baby. <laughs> That is just a snippet, a preview of Red Ink, which begins on the 12th of February on Showmax uh, with new episodes every Tuesday. And I'm absolutely delighted that joining us this morning, author and screenwriter of Red Ink, Angela Makowa, and also lead actress Ngobile Komalo. It's such a pleasure to have you both. Hello and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Morning, morning. morning. (laughs) Angela, I'm going to start with you. How are you, my love? We haven't spoken forever. I'm doing very well. I should have missed speaking to you. I feel like I haven't spoken to you in ages. No, it's been so long. It has been so long. And in between us not speaking, um, we have spoke. We have spoken on the show here about um, 30th Candle, which of course was on Netflix. But now this is, I was trying to work out, is this your second adapted book for, for the small screen? Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, it's the second one, but they've all been optioned, SJ. Um, of course they have. But of course, you, you, you'll... <laughs> Uh, but you know that the process of developing and Long. producing a series of, of, of film uh, takes uh, quite a while. So, yes, yeah. It, so there's still more in the works. But yes, uh, 30th Candle and Red Ink are my two uh, adapted uh, novels. So, so Red Ink, everyone will remember, Red Ink is is the book that sort of thrust you into uh, the spotlight as, as an author. Um, and the, 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 the label that you've been given, I don't know if you've given it to yourself, whether it's been given is Queen of dark humor um but that you are i do not know who that naughty person is that gives me that. <laughs> listen i know exactly who it is and there's a particular scene in the blessed girl that you and i both know which one we're talking about where that is where that title came from i'm quite sure um the the fact that this is this is an adaptation of your debut novel angela d- does that make it even more special because you don't know as an author you never know you have a book you don't know if it's going to sell um and then then it does sell and people love it. And then you become, you do the second one and that's almost more nerve wracking because you think maybe the first one was a fluke. And now you're however many books down the line, six or seven books down the line. But does Red Ink hold a special place in your heart? Oh, it certainly does. Um, For many reasons, of course, um, I I suppose the uppermost reason is that um, it was kind of loosely based on experiences that I had had as a young journalist many, many years ago. And uh, 
And so obviously that character, the character of Lucy Kambule is very close to my heart. And I think it's one of the reasons why I even struggled or rather why I took so long um, to write a sequel to it, because it's it just has so many deeply personal, um, you know, just uh, attachments for me. And the read, the read, dance stalker, which is the sequel to Red Ink, is 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 out now. Um, the 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 re revisiting revisiting um, the characters or the the scenarios, just the story. How is is it like going back to an old, slightly dangerous <laughs> serial killer friend? <laughs> Yes, it's exactly like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Nobile knows that, I mean, I was on set quite a bit. So, I mean, uh, there were moments that were quite emotional for me. And I think it was just so surreal having to revisit it that time in my life um, on set, seeing real humans kind of uh, reenacting some scenes that actually happened in my life. Yeah. And then um, also going back to well and also writing now a manuscript that also thrust me back to that time and i think there's just been so many unusual things that i don't really <laughs> i can't really talk about now uh in my real life that kind of reflects that that are basically art imitate i mean life imitating art um that made the entire thing just completely unreal um, but I, I, it feels like we've come full circle with, you know, the the, the television adaptation, um, the the sequel to the book. And you know what, SJ, I hope that I have put that part of my life to bed <laughs> <laughs> now that I've, I've written the sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me something. When when the when the option comes up, um, do you have it as part of the the deal that you will do the screenplay? No. So how it's worked with the options is that, uh, you know, it's worked tradition like traditionally how it works is that uh, a television production company will come and approach my publisher or myself or my agent and say that they want to option the book. And then we allow them. So they pay a small fee to shop around, to shop it around to uh, broadcasters or streamers or funders. And then they would then run off with it. They would develop it. And, um, you know, the writer uh, unfortunately, in, in conventional circumstances, does not really get involved in the process. And I think uh, I was quite unhappy with, 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 with um, you know, how that has gone yeah. um, with some of the ad- adaptations and, and, and all of that. And okay. I was quite determined um, to do it myself, which is crazy because that's not how it's done. Yeah. Um, and so I took back the rights to Red Ink once they were available because they expire. The option expires yeah. if you can't produce within about two years of, um, you know, having that that shopping fee yeah. sorted. Um, it reverts to the publishers and the writer. Yeah. And so when I got them back, I actually approached Showmax myself, sure. like through I, I I I started like I just registered a production company. Approach Showmax, went to pitch to them. Um, uh, I put together a pitch deck um, sure, with the assistance of, of two TV writers, though, because I know what I don't know. <laughs> so I put together a pitch deck with uh, the, the, the help of uh, television uh, screenwriters. 
and went to pitch it to to show Max um, Red Ink and Critical but Stable, and they liked both of them. And so, you know, technically, I own the rights, and then I approached Bomb Productions, which is an incredible local production company, uh, to partner up with me uh, to bring it to to screen. So that's how it's worked. But it's definitely not the way that it's normally done. Sure, I tell you what, Angela. Between you and Dudu, you are you are goals. I'm telling you, because you two have got this. You two have got. <laughs> this down pat like you're doing the thing I'm going to welcome you to Weekend Breakfast it's lovely to have you with us um, what attracted you to the role uh, of, of Lucy and had you read Red Ink before the gig came up? Morning Good morning uh, thank you so much for having me on your show, good morning to the listeners um, you know the journey of Red Ink and my introduction to meeting um, Angela at the auditions actually was very surreal because I actually studied journalism in uh, tertiary wow. um, and then I decided to become an actress instead. But I, I get pulled back into journalism roles, funny enough. Mm. So um, I actually let that go about two years ago um, and it came back in this form. But Lucy Kambule is, 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 is so evolved and she's she's like so advanced from me that it was very difficult and it was intimidating actually to at first see myself in her shoes and upon meeting Angela as well I mean the charisma that Angela has upon meeting her and getting to know her is is um it's red hot if I can say that. So yeah. I hadn't read the book before, but just from the audition phase, I could tell that something very special was going on. And I'm I'm still somewhat in character. I still haven't shaken it off. Mm. Um, as Angela was speaking, she was saying, you know, she's happy to put that part of her life to rest. We were in that tornado for about three months. Um, and it was intense. And when I was reading... I couldn't believe we had to perform this. I mean, every page I turned, I I was gobsmacked. I, I could not believe that this has to come to life. And then when it did, we were we were overwhelmed, overjoyed, and just like anxious and all, all the all the extreme emotions you can you can imagine. It was insane, but it was unforgettable. And I don't know what can be special in that way again. It was so unique. If you are just joining us this morning uh, at 9.20 on Weekend Breakfast, we are on the line uh, with author and now screenwriter Angela McCullough, whose best-selling debut novel, Red Ink, uh, comes to Showmax this month. It starts on the 12th of February, folks, uh, with new episodes every Tuesday. We're also joined by lead actress Kobila Kamalu, who stars as uh, Lucy Kambule, uh, who is... Uh, the journalist who is approached by uh, an imprisoned serial killer. If you've not read the book, um, would you advise people do the book and then do the series or does it not matter? Because, I mean, how closely married are they, Angela? I I would definitely uh, uh, advise people to read the book and then watch the series. You know, the one thing, um, the cautionary note that I have learned is, 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 uh, is quite realistic having now been involved in the adaptation usually authors uh we bemoan the fact that it can't you know the, the show does not like uh you know reflect the book accurately uh, reflect yeah. the book and the thing is um 
being involved in this adaptation, I would say that, you know, the biggest uh, takeaway for me is that these mediums, like, you know, I mean, television is a different medium, obviously, Mm. to textual writing. Mm. So, of course, you've got to uh, bring some, you know, uh, technical skills of television or televising a show. Uh, You have to be mindful of time. You have to be mindful of you know, just a viewer's experience um, of, of of television is different from a reader's experience mm. uh, of a book. And so, of course, there are, there, we, there are kind of variations um, to the original work. Like we've, we've, um, we've, we've added more story to it. We've layered it much more. Um, and I think it is, the, I think if you read the book and you watch this thing, you're not going to be disappointed. You are going to, your jaw will be on the floor because every single episode ends with, you know, a crazy cliffhanger. I love it. Um, and uh, I think it's just, it's 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 going to be compulsive viewing. I, I mean, I know I sound like I'm blowing my own horn, but that is how I experienced it when I was watching kind of um, the edits uh, per, per episode. It really is an incredible piece of work. And I think kudos to the actors. Um, as as Mobile said, it was a difficult, it's because it the emotions, the range of emotions, um, the shock, the the encounters with this you know prime evil person mm-hmm. um <laughs> that Paul Mobile had to had to act out. It's it's a lot. Um but uh, from a viewer's experience it is really, really amazing uh television. Mobile, I have to ask you, um what do you think is is fueling our appetite for these crime thrillers? Because we we seem to just be absolutely feasting off them. I'm thinking of um Raker, which did extraordinarily well a couple of years back. I think there's a new one coming too. It just seems that we are, this is the kind of, um, it's the content we're all here for. This is so true. And this is an interesting question because it's one that I, I somewhat fear to answer. But <laughs> for, my, for myself, because I am part of the audience as well, I am consuming this material as well. You know, um, I believe we need to we need to move the conversation along in terms of, understanding victims and, um, you know, holding perpetrators accountable. We need to understand perpetrators as well and where their story began and how they got to where they got to and, you know, indulge ourselves in the education of how did this entire situation come to be. Of course, it's unfortunate circumstances, but the thing is if we approach it in a logical way, Um, It can become an education somewhat because we need to be in the business of prevention as well. You know, I really hope there are no serial killer series being produced 30 years from now that are based on in real life. You know what I mean? Um, So as much as it is entertainment, it should also be research and, and education and us getting to a point where we have the courage to have those kinds of conversations because I think a lot of people are still triggered. They're still very sensitive. And I, I sympathize with that. I understand that. But the, the people that are further along in their healing need to have the courage to have the conversations and then put the conversation in front of the viewer's eyes so that they can plant the seed of that idea into their eyes and ears because we need to find solutions at the end of the day. Yes, it's entertainment, but we're speaking to human beings, we're asking them, what are we doing? 
what kinds of people are we creating in our society and what are we going to do about that moving forward so i there's a good part to the appetite that there is the appetite is somewhat disturbing but in south africa this is a reflection of real life yeah so we have no choice as artists artist's job is to say what people are not saying so if if we're going to be telling um, a sympathetic story all the time and, and sympathizing with the victim. I understand that there's a time and a place, but there is also a time and a place where we confront the perpetrator and understand what happened, where do you come from, and how do we pre- prevent this? Because we are raising generations of young men as well. There's, there's little boys that we're raising, and we need to understand how not to have the same thing happen. Yeah, that's in fact a conversation we were having earlier with a with a local uh, a local project that's just launched here in Cape Town um, to support young boys um, age eleven to sixteen, and 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 exactly what we're speaking about there. From an acting perspective, um, Kobile, I want to talk to you about a role like this um, and what it means for you. I mean, it, to me, I'm not an actress, but it, it's it looks like a, a dream role, and also the fact that we are um, as black women having roles that are written for us that show us as as the full in the full fullness that we are where it's not a role where Lucy is not a victim Lucy is you know she is a strong woman she is multi-layered that must just make your mouth water from a from a acting perspective oh I love that word mouth water <laughs> you know one of the things about um Lucy Kambule is that she has a full life yeah she has a career she picks up a second one she has a husband, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then all of all of these events happening ar- around her and to her, she is somehow able to navigate, which is insane to me, honestly. But that is who Lucy Kambule is. And she's left me with a... I wish you could see my hands right now. I'm, my hands are in front of my face because I'm saying she's left me with this this drive to get things done and, and get involved and do things. But you're right. The word is mouthwatering. She was absolutely mouthwatering. And to think that your life as a woman can be that full, it should be something that we all have as just a, a, a readily available option, you know? It shouldn't be far-fetched. Yeah, yeah. And Angela, I love that for Lucy. I love that for Lucy. Angela, I just want to come come back to you and, and kind of on that point in terms of your, your protagonists and, and the women that you write. Um, you... you you seem to write very intentionally about um, you. You give you give realness to um, the experience of, of black women. I'm assuming that that is intentional. That is very intentional. Um, I've been. A, I'm a lifelong reader. I've been reading since I was about six, seven, um, and I've been looking for these women yeah. um, because I think I've always just kind of longed to have that sense that as a black woman you are able to navigate the world however your heart desires you should not have impediments to your journey like of learning and growing and i feel like mostly especially black women have been portrayed in such a limited one-dimensional way Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so it's something that i I strive for in all, and and most of my books are obviously they 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 driven by very very strong uh, black females. Um, 
who are flawed. I do not want to depict the strong black woman who yeah. endures everything yeah. and just has no places of joy, does not just have that slice of life moment where she's just being silly or reckless or stupid or crazy or just having bloody fun. Sorry, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so it's very important to me. So whether, um, you know, she's a Bundle Tawu who mm, mm. is trying to find her way in the world and she's young and she's clueless, but, you know, she she has agency. Um, so so that is um, something that is kind of a running theme, I think, throughout my books. The uh, the show starts on Showmax on the 12th of February. New episodes uh, every Tuesday. Make sure, please, that you go out. If you are not yet familiar uh, with Red Ink, the book, go and buy that. And while you're there, go and buy Angela's other 100 books that will be next to it on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Redone Stalker, the sequel. Yes, and the sequel uh, is uh, is out as well. So make sure that you get that. But uh, thank you both. It's been an absolute pleasure. Angela Makola and also to Mkobile Komala for joining us this morning to talk about Red Ink. It's on Showmax from the 12th of February.